You are listening to Mountain Bike Radio. Welcome to the Wars Report. I am Ben Welnack, and with me is our Wars reporter, Todd Nutter. So, Todd, welcome back. Thank you, Ben. Yep, and uh, so tonight's show, uh, he's going to be recapping the recent Tread Fest from this weekend. It's, uh, what race is it on the series? Ten? Uh, yeah, I think ten. Tenth, seri- or tenth race on the uh, Wisconsin Off-Road Series, the Wars Series, Series, Series. <laughs> um <laughs> But uh, And we expect a couple people to call in. Nathan Guerra, who finished fourth this weekend, uh, is going to be calling in. And pretty sure Brian Motter will be calling in. They'll be bo- they've be- both been pretty having some pretty good um, races, not only wars, but uh, nationally, too. So I wanted them to just check in quick, see how it's going, so they're going to call in. But first, uh, leave it up to Todd to give a recap. Yeah. Um, yeah, so... Race this weekend, uh, Lake Geneva, it's always a, one of the best races, I think, in my opinion, um, as far as spectator races. And it, it is a super, super fun race uh, to do if you're, if you're a technical rider. And a lot of the, a lot of the uh, top riders, um, they, they tend to like a lot of that really technical stuff because it kind of separates everybody. Um, I know in the women's field, uh, Abby Strigel came back and, and she dominated. I mean, she was, she loves that technical stuff. And, uh, this course has a ton of climbing, ton of rock gardens, roots. Um, it was a pretty dry course, even though Wisconsin had a lot of really kind of bad weather over the weekend. It seems like it all passed Lake Geneva. So the course was nice and dry. Um, actually in some areas it seemed a bit too dry. So, um, Really uh, awesome technical course, but you know, as far as the the women, like I said, Abby was um, she was way out ahead of of most of the other women. But Cooper Dendel came down, um, and I think it was her first time to come down to Lake Geneva, which is surprising because I know she is a big time technical rider and she loves it. She actually has a really similar riding style to Abby, so she came down, and uh, I got to, the chance to talk with her a little bit before the race. And uh, she had already pre-ridden the course, and she was so excited to to be able to do it because, you know, she she had known. Um, if, and for anybody that's never been there, there's a really awesome rock garden that uh, is really spectator friendly. It's it's um it's easy to get to for all the spectators. I mean, uh, the the race starts off with a pretty big climb, and. Uh, right over the uh over the top of that hill if you go into the woods you're right into um into the uh rock garden so it's unfortunately an area where you see a lot of uh mishaps crashes you know people people tend to hit the rocks a little wrong sometimes and um so that's you know it's part of part of racing sometimes and it's hard to see some of that stuff but uh it is a really exciting area to take pictures and see some of the people that that take really really good lines and 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 go through, or even the people that kind of get a little sketchy and then and then save it, and that's always really cool and gets a lot of cheers. So uh, Cooper seemed to be really excited to be uh, to be racing in that that kind of stuff too. So um, yeah, those two. Uh, Abby had a really big gap over Cooper. Cooper had a really big gap over. Um, over uh, Lori, who was uh, third place throughout, Lori Sable, who was third place throughout uh, most of the race. So they, you know, it was, it was pretty easy to judge that one early on, who was going to finish and, you know, who was going to finish at what place. So they had pretty big gaps. I mean, Abby ended up with um, almost a three-minute gap over Cooper, and Cooper ended up with like a six-minute gap over Lori. So, um, and even between Lori and Lisa Crayer, uh, who got fourth place, there was there was still almost a two minute gap there too. So they the, the women were really gapped out. <laughs> Excuse me. Um, in the men's side of it, they they were a lot closer. Um, I, I gotta mention on on the men's side of it, you know, Joe Maloney is he's really starting to impress me and a lot of other people. Um, he took a really early uh, lead in this race. I mean, he he just. I don't know what he was doing. He was just busting it out, and and he comes in and uh, takes a pretty big gap over everybody else. Which you know, he I think he knows that people are going to end up catching him, but 
um, he had mentioned that to me at the last race, which was a much longer race because he had done a, a similar kind of tech, uh, tactic where he, he tries to, um, you know, t- he tries to put out a big cushion and then you're realizing that, that he's going to, you know, have somebody reel him back in. But, but when, when he does get reeled back in, he, he doesn't want to fall too far back. And, you know, it kind of worked out for him at, uh, at the last race, but being a longer, flatter race course, I think he ended up um, kind of tiring out a little bit more. This race, being uh, not as long of a race, but a lot of technical and a lot of climbing, I think that that cushion kind of played well for him. So he only ended up getting passed by Tristan uh, Tristan Scouten and Brian Motter. So um, really awesome tactic that that he used to – that was actually Joe's uh, first – time in a third place finish so i, I had 23 yeah he's a young yeah. guy he's only been uh pro for i think two years something like that he's um so he's yeah he's he's really moving up and even tristan like i talked to tristan after the race and he said yeah joe's gonna win one of these you know pretty soon because he's got he's got the right idea he's just young and he's got to kind of figure out his his technique but really impressive on his uh on his riding ability and especially you know when you you go into um a race like this where you have so many spectators and you have these really technical sections and to uh to see a young guy like that come through first before everybody and take the the first time through the uh rock garden when which you know the rock garden is a really dynamic section of the course um it it moves you know it doesn't it's not it's not one uh there's not one stable obstacle. It's, it's a fluid, uh, you know, a fluid feature that they've put in there. So first guy through it sometimes can, can get hung up on some of these moving rocks and stuff like that. So, um, you know, because all of the racers before, before the pro men, um, sport racers don't go through that. So citizen and all of them skip that whole section. So he really would have been the first one through that rock garden. Um, but he handled it really well. Uh, everybody else, you know, they they ended up getting a little bit more uh, more traffic when they go through there. You know, a rock garden like that, there's it slows people down sometimes. So you you start to see people kind of piling up behind behind the, the you know whoever's in front of you. So um, really impressive uh, riding. But Tristan and and Brian, um, you know, the the two of them, they're always so evenly matched in in a race, pretty much in in any kind of race. Um, they're good friends. They train together. They ride together. They're very equally matched. So it's it's always pretty exciting to see, you know, to see the uh, the way that that's going to play out. And they rode together. Um, I mean, Brian honestly was it was ahead of Tristan for the majority of the race, at least from what I was seeing. I I'm sure they went back and forth a little bit here and there. Um, I think it was towards the end Tristan ended up uh, putting a little bit of a gap because he. He didn't. Um, he didn't win by that much. I think he won by about a minute and a half. So he he ended up pushing a little bit on the final, probably on the final lap, I think, because I was uh, I was at least watching the, the start climb uh, going into their last lap. They were together still, so it must have been on that last lap that he that he uh, broke away a little bit. Gotcha. <laughs> so Nathan is uh, is going to be calling in, and I did want to point out too that his his race was really awesome he he ended up getting a little bit of bad luck at the beginning of the race he ended up uh i think with some mechanical trouble so he, he you know the first couple uh times through the first couple laps he wasn't in a real good a real great position i think he was maybe i don't even think he was in the top 10 to be quite honest but toward actually going into the last lap it was like he was a, he was so fast when he came through i was i saw the look on his face and he's just like he's got the blinders on and he's just going a hundred percent. And at that point he was already up to um, fourth or fifth place. And he ended up finishing in fourth place, which was unbelievable. I mean, considering how far back he was, it was a really good, uh, really good effort by him. He's got to put in the efforts. He's got a new child on the way. Does he? I didn't even know that. Yeah. Congratulations, Nathan. Yeah. He just posted something or his wife did and he did on Facebook about, um, Going to the doctor and have an ultrasound or something like that. Man, old man Gira does it again. 
He's he's gonna laugh at that when he comes on. I'm sure. Exactly. <laughs> so um, Justin Piontek got fifth place. Awesome, awesome uh, result from him too. You know, he's another young guy that I I love watching him uh, move up every every race or you know um, at least stay consistently in the in the top few spots. So one of these days, I'm sure he's gonna he's gonna end up in the top three. Hopefully, win one of these uh, someday. So, uh, you know, him, Joe Maloney, awesome watching those guys. Uh, and Corey Stelges, too. He's another one that we see oftentimes in the in the top five. So um, those guys are going to be – eventually they're going to be winning some of these races. It's it, it's exciting to see. You know, in the Wars series, there's so many – there's so many guys that are at such a high level of racing that it's just – it's crazy. You know, you see in the, in the women, there's – there's a few, but in the in the men, it's like we have some of the some of the top riders in the country, and you know, and you could put up most of these guys up against some of the top pros in in the country, and and they would really hold their own. So it's pretty impressive to see uh, to go to one of these races and see how how fast all those guys are. And actually, and actually that's, that's why I wanted to have, have Ryan, Ryan and Nathan, and Nathan on. on. Because uh, uh, just to kind of, kind of I don't know, are you getting uh, feedback? Am I? No, I don't hear okay. anything. Um, but I want to have those two on and just give a wars, you know, kind of update on wars. But then they also had some good uh, results recently at national events too. So I wanted to get them on to kind of talk about that too. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, but yeah, so you had something. A Cascade race is coming up at the end of the month. The last show we did, um, did some updates on that race, and you had a kind of announcement for this time. What's what's up? Yeah, so last race we had um uh we had Kathy come on and talk about or I mean the last uh mountain bike radio show I should say. We had Kathy come on talk a little bit about the wind cycling uh that were that we're trying to get developed for the uh for the interscholastic race series uh for high schools in Wisconsin. And uh the race that's coming up at the end of this month in uh, for Cascade, um that race if anybody's looking at it on on the war schedule, it's a little confusing. It says that it's a it's a Xterra for kids. Um, what that's referring to is that we're we're trying to raise money for uh, for the wind cycling uh, organization and trying to get this as a as a household uh, sport for kids. So the race is it is a regular full on wars race. There's going to be all of the the normal races that you would expect from any other race in the series. So I don't want anybody uh, you know to to think that it's not going to be a race for them that that they're not going to need to go. You you definitely want to go to this one because they've been putting in a ton of work over the summer. I mean, the Wars Posse, Don Edberg, um, you know, Shane Semro, all of those guys have been out there and and putting in all kinds of hours. Shane even, you know, I felt bad. Uh, I'll, I'll give him a shout out here because Shane worked so hard that he uh, he ended up rolling his ankle or spraining his ankle or something. So he's on crutches now from doing all the trail work down at, at Cascade. So that's um, sacrifice right there. That is. I mean, he's dedicated. So I mean, they're, they're putting in a lot of effort, and it, it's it's a race that's designed to be um, it's designed to kind of somewhat go along the lines of Subaru Cup in, in its in race format. And, and you know, from what I've heard, unfortunately, I haven't had a chance to ride the course, but I've heard that it's that it's just tons of fun, you know, full of features and, and just all kinds of fun. So um, I'm really excited to see what that course is like at the end of the month. And I, I really encourage anybody listening to to come out and check out the race. If you're, if you have kids that you're, you know, you're thinking about getting, um, a, an organization set up for their school or you have questions about it, um, you know, come out, check out the race, do it yourself, do the race. Um, you know, it's, it's something that I, I really think is going to be a, a, a big hit in the wars, uh, schedule. So I'm pretty excited for it. And, and actually, you, oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> no, no. And most people listening to this are probably familiar with wars, but if you're not just go to wars, W O R S dot O R G. Full schedule events, all information, all the results. Um, so if you're a mountain bike listener, you're wondering what Wars is, Wisconsin Off-Road Series, go to wars.org. Yep, Wisconsin Off-Road Series, the biggest uh, state mountain bike series in the country. So 
definitely, um, you know, it definitely has a, a pedigree behind it, and we're trying to get the the wind cycling to uh, to kind of follow follow the footsteps of of the War Series and its success. And um, you know, we we had at the at the race this weekend at Treadfest, we had um, the a representative actually Kathy that that was on the uh, mountain bike radio show a couple of weeks ago with me. Um, she was there uh, answering people's questions. She had, had set up a, a little um, table with uh, wind cycling uh, information and, and, you know, how to sign up, how to get a, a, a team started. So, I mean, this is something that if I was in high school and this was something that they would be start trying to get started, I'd be all over that. I'd be doing everything that I could to try to get a mountain bike team. I think that would be the coolest thing if you're in high school or if you're in you know, middle school or grade school or whatever. So, um, you know, definitely if you have kids, uh, check that out. And that, that one, it, the website for that is windcycling, W-I-N-C-Y-C-L-I-N-G, uh, .org. So go to that site. It's linked on the uh, wars.org page and all over the Wars Facebook page too. Yeah, so if you don't like that, go like it. Um, yeah, definitely like it. We put a lot of work into it. <laughs> And also, you put a lot of work into the uh, videos, so the YouTube channel. Oh yeah, I do. I do some videos. Yeah. So <laughs> did, did you get any good ones this week? I didn't check. I, you know, I haven't had the chance to upload them. I've been, uh, I've been crazy busy at work, but I'm going to try to get those uploaded tonight. So that um, usually when I do, I, I will post it onto the uh, Wars um, Facebook page so that people know that they're up. But um, yeah, I did. I did. Uh, Make sure to get Joe Maloney on there because he had a really awesome race. I made sure to get Nathan on there because he had an awesome improvement. So we got Tristan and Brian, Abby, Cooper, Lori Sable, all of those uh, really fast people, much faster than me. So, so if you just if people go to YouTube and then they just search Wisconsin Off Road Series. Um, yeah, actually, the search term that works the best is team. Wars, all one word. Okay. So, team Wars, and uh, but I do post those onto the Wars Facebook page too. So. Okay. Um, no, t- no, uh, Uper talk this time. No Uper talk this time, but uh, I think where next, was he? Uh, Tyler wasn't there. I don't, I don't know what, uh, what his excuse was. <laughs> I, I didn't even think to ask Cooper either. So. I think um, he actually raced the Dakota Five O. Well, or was it Grand Junction? One of the two. I think he was out with one of the two, either Brian or Nathan. Well, they were both there, so. <laughs> no, no, no. I mean, two weeks ago. Oh, two weeks ago. Yeah, Labor Day weekend. Oh, all right. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. He just uh, maybe he, he just took the weekend off. Yeah, could be. Um, Saving up not... for Schwam again next weekend, which yeah. is a big deal. Yep, absolutely. Um, yeah, in Wisconsin, I mean, Schwam is is kind of a kind of a thing you know people are all into it so these last couple of wars races are always pretty good lead into it um i think that last year if i remember correctly i think it ended up that swamico was the last one before swamigan and that one that one's a, a real good uh a real good practice uh for swamigan because i think they end up doing like 30 36 almost 36 miles or 33 miles, something in Swamco race. And what is a Swam good? About 40, something like that. Yep. Yeah. So, I mean, and it's similar kind of terrain, uh, you know, a lot of double track, a lot of single track. So good stuff. I wish I, uh, I wish I had planned ahead and planned to go to Swam again, but I'm not going to be there, unfortunately, this year. What? Come on. <laughs> I like, know, right? I mean, for Is that this weekend. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'm going to be celebrating my birthday. And stuff, gotcha. So. Well, happy birthday. <laughs> Thanks. Um, and for people wondering, I'll link all this stuff in the show notes. But um, which, by the way, after the show, go to mountainbikeradio.com. Well, yeah. After, <laughs> besides the party, you go to mountainbikeradio.com and you'll find all the episodes of every show. Um, the live shows are on Blog Talk Radio, but then they are taken off of there and archives are only available on mountainbikeradio.com you can download or listen from there or listen on the app so 
Um, we're just kind of waiting here. Uh, Nathan Guerra is going to be joining us in a minute. And uh, we have Brian Motter scheduled for later on. So we'll see. I know for sure Nathan's calling in. Not sure about Brian yet. Um, but uh going to have him on, talk about this weekend. Um, and I want to have him talk a little bit about uh, the Dakota 5-0 because he, I, fin- I think he finished second there, So, which is a huge race. Um, yeah. So, yeah, so- so I'll, I'll tell you another funny thing that happened here. <laughs> yeah. So we get done with this uh, race. I I I, I had uh, done my interviews, all of them except Brian. I couldn't find Brian. So I'm kind of chasing him around, and I finally find Brian. I'm like, cool, now I can go home. And no keys. Reached mm-hmm. in my pocket, no keys. So I searched every inch of of this race course, or at least every inch that I visited for two hours. Couldn't find it. And your keys were with somebody. Yeah. So Lisa Crayer ended up having them in her pocket. Because you gave them to her. I did. Stupidly, (laughs) I I was trying to be helpful, be a gentleman, try to let her use my bottle opener to open a beer. And neither of us even thought twice. She slipped them in her pocket and we were having a just having a conversation, didn't even think anything of it. And she left, went home, and uh, I was stranded there an hour and a, an hour and a half away from home. So uh, I, I do want to uh, give a shout-out then to uh, John Schull for giving me a ride all the way back to Milwaukee. And uh, then my friend Eric had to uh, give me another ride all the way back to Lake Geneva so I could go pick up my car after I broke into my house and got my second set of keys. You know some very generous people. Wars the the whole Wars family is is a very generous family. So, you know, they there were several Wars posse members sticking around, uh, trying to help me out. Every we had about fifteen people searching for for my keys, which I thought that I had kind of slipped out of my pocket or something. But uh, yeah, it was it was a long night to say the least. I, I didn't get home until about eleven, just from kind of going back and forth. So. Well, we have we have Nathan on hold here. Um, let's see. Bring him on. Make sure it's him. Nathan, that you? Yeah, I'm here. All right, cool. So Nathan Guerra joins us. Um, how's it going? It's been a while since you've been on Mountain Bike Radio. Yeah, I think uh, last let's see in the spring. I think we did something maybe March. Yeah. yeah. So, Update on uh, vision and stuff at the time. I think. Yeah. So. We, uh, I wanted to get you on because two things, uh, you know, you had a good race, a really good race out of the Dakota 5.0, which is a national event. And then it seems like other than the mechanical, you came storming back this weekend. So give us a quick update. Start with the race this weekend at Treadfest, kind of talk about it. And Todd, you can jump in and ask questions too, because you know, that's what you do. Nathan, um, what happened? <laughs> <laughs> well, um, I always get pretty excited about this race. This one and uh, Franklin are kind of really suited to my strengths. Um, and so, and actually at both of them I had a little bit of issues um, and had to come back uh, fighting uh, from the back again. But, um, yeah, the uh, on the, let's see, second descent, uh, sitting about third wheel, I think, maybe fourth wheel, because Joe went, like you said, real, real hard. Um, and, uh, coming down the hill, uh, had a mechanical issue, had to stop by the side and, uh, fix things and get going again. So, uh, pretty much saw the entire leap field go by. And, uh, I think I was looking at the, um, I was looking at the results and I also was taking a look at some video online of the rock garden you guys were talking about. And it was a good, uh, minute and a half the first time through the rock garden before I was actually coming through uh, to the leaders. And then also, um, I think it was about 40th place I came into the single track. And from that point forward, um, you know, there was two ways I could go in my mind uh, and just made a mental decision. I was never going to give up this race and just go as hard as I possibly could the whole time. And luckily the legs were there for that. So that's... uh, I mean, things didn't really get moving. It felt like um, to normal race pace until about halfway through the second uh, lap, I believe it was. I caught up with Mike Phillips and Chris Percio from Adventure 212. Um, and those guys can rip in the single track. And that's kind of where I'm like, okay, 
amongst other pros and and we're we're moving at regular race pace what feels like regular race pace again so i really felt like i was losing time in those that whole first lap and a half or so yeah those uh those adventure 212 guys are always they're always working with each other and riding together they let you pass <laughs> um well i mean uh, Mikey, going up uh, Turkey Trot. I don't know if you know what I'm talking about there, but it's uh, a extremely steep and windy yeah. section of the course where um, you know you have to really <laughs> like pull up on the backside of your of your pedal stroke real good to just keep the wheels moving. I think that's why they call it Turkey Trot. And so um, coming through there, uh, I was catching up with Mikey and. He just looked back at me and laughed and, and, and let me by at that point. And I think he was wondering who the heck is coming, like, because he is like crazy fast through the single track. And um, a lot of guys actually, as I was coming up on him, were like, "Who is who is that?" Because I was breathing really hard and kind of giving a little gur most of the time, like <laughs> a little bit of frustration. <laughs> but uh, yeah, they both let me pass, and it was actually a lot of fun riding with him while I was there. So. But uh, the rest, of, I mean, the whole race went really, really well overall. I mean, I couldn't have been happier with how my uh, body was performing. Um, just had a little bit of bad luck at the start. Yeah, so in, you know, earlier this year you were dealing with, it seemed like asthma or something, right? Some Something with your breathing. Yeah, I have um, I have some allergy-induced asthma, so it's not like regular asthma um, from okay. what I'm told. Uh, we do tests where I breathe into this, um, it's, I don't know what it's called, uh, some sort of asthma test deal, and it, it measures how many, uh, I think it's milliliters of air or something that I can put out, and like for my body weight, I should be putting out in somewhere between the 650s and 850s, and during allergy season, I'm in the 500s, uh, which means I'm not getting enough oxygen uh peak flow through my lungs, and so, um, yeah, I, uh, all the way from, I think I came back from California and Sea Otter in the beginning of May, and that's when it started up, because uh, down in Cali, I didn't experience it all, there's no, there's there's hardly any pollen in the air compared to here, and uh, came back here, and from May through about middle of July, I was experiencing uh, really low peak flow. Uh, tests actually um but we're working on that i'm getting we started taking shots and stuff and we're doing some things to try and desensitize myself before next season um from the allergies actually and when did that but, kick when does that kind of kick out so you get back to normal uh like so mid-july i felt like i was actually start able to breathe again at uh subaru cup it felt like i was starting to get going again but um we're noticing that the same time of year I get really, really, like, like right now I can't believe my performances, my power numbers, everything's really going really well. Um, it seems to be a real common occurrence with me. You know, it's this pattern that we're seeing over and over again where um, spring uh, things don't go so well through early summer and then all of a sudden I'm able to train with good numbers and able to train uh, at a really high intensity because, not only does it affect my racing, it also affects my ability to put the right amount of stress on my muscular system. And so, you know, a month of racing in August without any uh, thing holding my um, my lungs back, we believe might be why all of a sudden I come on so strong mid-August, or to shore, you know, Treadfest and, and all these other races, I'm, I'm suddenly riding really, really strong. So, I don't know. I think that is there any know, shots you can? Is there any shots right? you can take for a new child? <laughs> congratulations <laughs> by the way yeah thanks appreciate that yeah. appreciate yeah, it very congratulations much. Nathan thank you old man hey old man girl you heard <laughs> we that we have to joke around at the, at the races a little bit who's got the most gray hair and I think I win that one in the in the beard area at least <laughs> I just call you old man gear because whenever you're camping you always yell at me for walking through your yard <laughs> <laughs> oh so Okay, so you got before we get to the I want to talk about the Dakota 50, but it looks like what's the you're in second right now overall, right? 
Uh, I don't know. I think Brian, after this past race, might have taken that spot, and I might be fighting with him for that, even though he won't probably won't be at the next two races. But, um, you know, I haven't done any math on it or anything. Um, I had done all the math prior to Lake Geneva, actually, to figure out if Tristan shows up, what happens kind of thing. And um, if I would have won Lake Geneva and Tristan took third or or, or behind there, um, I had one point advantage if I won the rest of the races, but that's a tall order. But um, okay. Uh, so at this point, first is out. Of, Tristan's got it for sure, and um, Brian and I have no idea as far as like what the points are or anything. So, okay. Uh, but so it's probably to go out overall do it. right now. Okay. Cool. Um, so talk about Dakota Five O. You had a good that race. Is, yeah, after the race, all I could say the whole for like a half an hour was this is the funnest race and the hardest race I've ever done. Um, by far, those two are the best explanations I have for that race. I mean, I was told over and over again, it's all about the last 10 miles. It's all about the last 10 miles. And it's true. I mean, the last 40 minutes, you're just smiling ear to ear, descending the best single track I've ever ridden in my life, by far. And, uh, you know, it's it's so flowy. You're seeing probably 25, 30 mile per hour through single track downhill um, and yet pretty technical uh, for the last 40 minutes. And you got to earn it, though, up front. I mean, I think we climbed for an hour to begin with and then descended for 15, 10, 10 minutes and then climbed another half hour to 45 minutes, maybe more, and then undulated up and down a lot at about 6,000 to 6,500 feet elevation. So, I mean, it's a really, really challenging race. You, you know, for the winning time, we're looking at 3.30 to 4 hours. Um, and a lot of guys show up from all over the country. So, And this uh, is in Spearfish, South Dakota. So if you're, anybody's familiar with Sturgis, South Dakota, it's basically right up the road, like 20 minutes or 15 minutes or something. Yeah, there are a ton of bikers actually out there at that time. They're having some sort of event for Sturgis. Um, I guess it's some sort of, uh, not mountain bikers, but... Uh, motorcycle. Motorcycle. It seems like they have stuff going on all the time because I was out there for Tatanka 100 and that was what the end of June. Yeah, yeah, end of June, first weekend of July or something. And there were still a lot of people, still a lot of motorcycles yeah, I think out there. Yeah, it's like way. capital of something or other motorcycle thing. But yeah. um, so you did fine with the elevation though. Yeah, I did pretty good with you it. Feeling um, it? I, I didn't. No, I mean. So going into what they call the Dakota Ridge Climb, um, I had pre-ridden it the day before, and I thought that was a real crucial spot. And there were two guys off the front, and it was me, Eppin, and Dan Matheny. I believe that's how you pronounce his last name. And he ended up, Dan ended up winning the race, and Eppin took third. So we're all together chasing these two, and I figured, okay, now is the best time to bridge. And uh, we had just gotten over 5,500 feet, I think, and I attacked as hard as I could up and over the ridge and uh found a 34 36 probably wasn't it was still a little bit too big for the course and ended up hurting my back a little bit but um grinded up over dan uh bridged up to me and we didn't catch those guys but uh i definitely felt that coming over the top of the ridge and dan just kind of rode away from me at that point um I, I overestimated how far into the red you can go when you're at a, even a little bit of elevation so um, I think I slid back to even, like, I don't know, sixth place at that point after blowing up pretty hard. And then uh, I think I took, like, two or three gels, like, right off, right away as soon as I noticed how far back I was going. Slammed a ton of water and just did the steady eddy kind of thing and just was hoping. And next thing I know, I was coming like a freight train, um, passing people. And I actually got within, like, 20 seconds of Dan with, like, an hour of racing to go and ran out of water and uh, didn't have anybody on course for hand-ups. For new, total newbie move for marathon racing. Um, I tried carrying all my water with me, and I don't know, I didn't do. I didn't weigh it yet, but I, was, <laughs> I think I was carrying a good 7 to 10 pounds <laughs> extra weight with me up on a one-hour climb, and I was wondering why guys were just riding away from me on <laughs> the climb, actually, for a little bit there. But So um, are you going to do be, be doing more of these? events or what what spurred that on 
Uh, like well, going I got off, a friend. I got a buddy, uh, Scott Nyland, convinced me to go. He's a steady wars racer, and uh, he was just been talking to me about these marathon races like crazy. He just loves doing them. He's done um, this one, the Dakota 5-0. He did another one down in, uh, what is it, El Paso? What is it, the Puzzler? The El Paso mm-hmm. Puzzler. And so he's talking all these up to me, and he invited me out to check this out. So it's like, all right, I'll go. And uh, I definitely really like this format of racing and i i'm it's going to be a target for me to you know see next year what can fit into the schedule to go and do it so yeah i think yeah, i think it'll definitely scott also did scott also did a wasa 24 didn't he wasa uh i'm not sure i'm pretty sure he did, did or i know he's been doing some wem stuff so he's been kind of gearing onto that uh uh format that marathon format, huh? Yeah, that, it's just getting really popular, it seems like, too. A lot of people are paying attention to the marathon format, it seems like, and they attract a ton. I mean, the only place I see that many racers, like, is at Wars races a lot of times. Like, we get, what, five to 800 racers, and there's at least that at the Dakota 5-0, but from all over the country, though. Um, mm-hmm. So it, it it seems to really be a good way to be going to grow the sport right now. And so I'd like to be a part of that too. Any way that the sport's growing, I'd like to go and support those events. And our next guest, and he's on hold, so Brian, if you're listening, just hang on a second here. But uh, um, before I let you go, Nathan, um, I was going to mention that that's Brian, because I wanted to get him on because he did the Grand Junction Off-Road, which is a 40-miler out here in western Colorado. Um, But he also did, uh, earlier in the year, the Whiskey 50 too. Um, so it seems like that, you know, like you said, those are really popular, big events. They're working on more, so they're coming. Um, but, uh, yeah. So thanks for joining us. Um, yeah, no problem. You know, we'll, we'll definitely get you back on, uh, end of the season, catch up with you. But, uh, yeah, we got could, a couple more know. wars races to go, so it's yeah, always good to sure. talk with you guys. Thanks a lot. Yeah, and you're always welcome to call in, too, anytime we have a, a show. So <laughs> it gets a little busier. I think I hear the kids, uh, Crying upstairs at bedtime. Yeah, you're, you're going to hear that a lot more. <laughs> so, oh, you think right. I don't know, Todd, eh? <laughs> yeah. All right, thanks, Nathan. All right, bud. Yeah, take yeah. care. Bye. Bye. All right, we have Brian on here. Brian, you there? Yeah, I'm here. Can you hear me? All right, Brian. Yep, thanks for joining me. You're th- us, actually. Yeah, no problem. And How are you? It's been listening. a while. Yeah, it has, actually. And for people listening, Brian Motter, if you haven't heard of heard his name before you should probably uh read anything <laughs> because he'll say it. Um but he's been a guest on the show before. The last time he's been on Mountain Bike Radio was uh uh Transylvania. Transylvania. Epic. Yep. Yeah. And uh I wanted to get him on just to give an update on the Wars race, um and then an update on the Grand Junction off road because he's also kind of branching out and doing these events. So um sure. yeah. I'll let Todd. You can talk about the wars race, and then I'll I'll ask my questions. You talking to me? Yeah, thought, go ahead. I thought yeah. your I thought your keys were going to be in your pocket, just like that little <laughs> iPhone case was. They, they oh, so this isn't the first time he's done this. I lost something, but that was that was meaningless. I don't even remember it. Brian apparently it stuck in his memory, but no, they were in Lisa's pocket. So yeah, yeah, that yeah, makes yeah, it hard yeah. to uh, find your keys in the parking lot, huh? <laughs> oh no, I could get yeah, it. Up rough, my car. These are rough crowd here. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Brian. Well, Brian, I mean, Brian has already. Yeah. Uh, See, you get you get one person, you get people on that are used to being on mountain bike radio, and they can talk trash back to you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, he, I'm he right, I can talk trash, especially when it's Todd. You know, he. Yeah. Basically, the the quick story is he asked my wife to like look through his Camelback backpack to find this iPod case after we finished up the interview after the wars race and she looked and she looked and Todd eventually lost patience and said, ah, you're fired, let me look and then Todd went and started looking, looking, looking and then the thing was in his pocket the whole time. Yeah. So Sunday These night after the race, Todd's yeah, yeah. Uh, Todd's <laughs> saying, I lost my car keys, I lost my car keys, so I say hey Todd, check your pockets, buddy. But apparently they were already like Somebody leaving else's. venue in somebody else's pocket. 
Yeah. Yeah. If Brian didn't waste that time, that little bit of time right there telling me to check my pockets, I probably could have chased down Lisa. But yeah, he blames that everybody else. Huh. It's all in the past yeah. now. I'll, I'll be getting them back. Yep. Yep. <laughs> so uh, yeah, Brian, uh, on this week we got to do a real interview because I, if I remember correctly, on Sunday our interview was about ten seconds. So yeah, we did uh, we did manage the shortest interview in the history of cycling, which was pretty right. cool. That was fun. Well, we'll have to get that posted on YouTube. So uh, yeah, so yeah, you you got you uh you and Tristan were kind of riding together throughout the the majority of the race. Um, what happened at the end? I didn't even get get a chance to find out. Um. Well. For me, this is the time of year where uh, things get pretty busy. I think I'm on tap for like nine or ten weekends racing in a row, kind of starting cyclocross season um, along with uh, finishing mountain bike season. So Saturday, um, the day before the Wars race, I did my first cross race of the year and had a pretty stressful day trying to get bikes together and then I was still trying to build my mountain bike which was still in the case from Grand Junction um so I was crazy busy all day building bikes then I raced across it was really warm got pretty dehydrated then I tried to do the wars race the next day back to back and uh, I think Tristan just had a little more gas than I did at the end so starting the the fourth out of four laps he attacked me up the last climb, and I asked him nicely to slow down or not go too hard <laughs> as he took off. Uh, he didn't really listen to me. Um, I thought there might have been a slight chance I was going to catch him uh, in the single track because I was riding a little better than he was technically. Um, but I just couldn't pedal hard without uh, fear cramping up, so... I think I held him at 20 seconds the majority of the lap, and unfortunately, right at the end, I had a little crash with a with a lapped rider, and then I kind of soft pedaled into the finish line. Okay. Well, I mean that, that still kind of shows uh, how strong of a rider you are if you're if you're battling with doing a, a cross race and you you're, won you're on Saturday, these... didn't you? I did. I did take the victory on Saturday. It was. Uh, a pretty ugly a pretty ugly race i I had to use my cross bike from last year, then I used my new uh trek Crockett for a couple laps, and then I used uh my superfly one hundred to actually finish up the race, so I was kind of doing a shakedown of all the bikes to see you know just make sure everything's ready to go for the year. I'll never understand this cyclocross thing you keep talking about. <laughs> <laughs> It's, different, Three bikes it's a different animal, race. that's for sure. Three bikes in one race, yeah. So with uh, we'll get to we'll talk about uh, just your thoughts on uh, next weekend, but I want to get your thoughts on the Grand Junction because you did Whiskey Fifty earlier, Epic Rides, uh, EpicRides.com. Yep. They do some fantastic races. They're going to be doing more. They got a system down. Whiskey Fifty has been around for a few years. Whole week. If you're not familiar with it, you're listening. Go to EpicRides.com. All the information's there, but they do a great, great job. Uh, Todd Saddle's the director. He's been on the show several times, um, and there's some interviews, you know, talking about the races. But so, tell us about that. You had a seems like you had a pretty good weekend, you know. Uh, tell us about. Yeah, it. yeah. So in general, I feel really lucky because Wars is the best state mountain bike series in the country. Um, you know, the triple crown races that I really like to focus on, Ordeshore, Schwamigan, and Iceman, are some of the best one-day races in the country. And now we got Todd, Sadow, and Epic Rides coming together and putting on, you know, another another kind of different program but top-level racing. Um, and Todd's whole deal is to make it a full experience for everybody involved. So he has the pro racers show up Friday. He requires them to do a fat tire crit downtown. So he kind of incorporates the downtown and um, festival atmosphere uh, to put on a show for the people. He's got live music. Saturday is the amateur racing, and then Sunday is the pro racing. 
And what's different about his events is that the, the mountain bike races are truly designed for pro racers and they're very, very difficult race courses, lots of climbing, very technical aspects. So unlike some of the Midwest racing, um, you really, really get to challenge your skill set when you go out to Whiskey 50 and the Grand Junction 40 off-road events. So, you know, with that, the it seems like the Grand Junction was a little bit more technical than Whiskey, huh? Yeah, yeah. The, the trails in Grand Junction are very, very technical. They're not, you know, Whiskey 50 was more like climb for an hour, descend for a half an hour, climb for an hour, descend for a half an hour. Whereas Grand Junction was a little more like techie drops, techie climbs, less climbing in general, but a lot more physically demanding of a race course. Okay. It, with, you know, we had just had Nathan Guerra on, and he, you know, was talking about the Dakota 5.0, which is a, a 50-miler. And you had yep. done the Whiskey 50 earlier this summer, the Transylvania, you know, the Transylvania Epic. Is that something that, is it just something that worked out for you this year, or is it something that, you know, you and guys like Nathan are going to be doing more of? Uh, for me, I had a really big push uh, for cyclocross last year. So this year I was kind of approaching the season with a little less goals as normal and a little more let's do some variety. So I spend my winters down in Arizona, so Whiskey 50 was kind of a no-brainer. You know, really cool race, lots of prize money. I'm already there. Let's check it out. <laughs> yeah. um, you know, Transylvania Epic was more of a stretch for me, uh, doing a, a seven-day mountain bike stage race. Um, uh, and then during during Whiskey 50, Todd Sadow in his pro rider meeting, you know, at one point in time he said, all right, guys, I'm making a promise to you. I'm going to create great events, and I'm going to have great prize money. You make a promise to me and show up at my next event. So everybody who can make it, raise their hand. You know, I raised my hand and said, you know, I can make it to Grand Junction. So basically going to Grand Junction was following through with a promise that I made to Todd. You know, you keep putting on great races, and I'm going to keep, um, you know, attending your events because I really believe in what he's trying to do. Mm-hmm. How cool would it be to have something like that in the Midwest? Oh, there's some rumors floating around. I'm not going to say anything, but yeah. I know Todd's trying to expand his series. Um, so we had a couple talks while we were my in Grand to, Junction. So yeah, my well, I think I put the bug in his ear about Marquette, but yeah, yeah. There's there's some so. some good options in the Midwest. Let's just leave it at that. And I would definitely be back yeah. in a second. Um, but anyhow, so. I, you know, I'm just curious from your perspective because, you know, like you and Nathan and some other top guys, I saw Tyler uh, Gothier was actually, I don't know if he was at the Dakota 5.0 or out with you. He was he might with have me. Been at the, oh, okay, yeah, and yep. he was out at the Grand Junction. So I just noticed that, you know, you guys, Top Wars guys, and a lot of the other races are kind of tending towards the getting out there and doing something different. So, um yeah, 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 and I've been racing a long time. You know, I started racing pro in 99, and I raced for seven years before that. And I think I, I in 2003, I was second overall in the War Series. Now it's 2013, and it looks like I'm going to get second in the War Series again. So that's <laughs> ten solid years of racing wars. Um So when these new races show up with lots of prize money and I get the challenge myself and do something different um you know you got to have variety when you're doing it for as long as i've been doing it gotcha so speaking of not variety uh something you've done a ton next weekend is uh schwamigan 40 what's uh on the fat tire yes can you give us a just give people an idea you know what uh you know quick what's going through your head right now like is it something where yeah, cool. I'm ready. You know, I kind of I want to train through it for the cyclocross season. Or how do you how do you, somebody like you approach it? Yeah, Schwamigan is hard. You know, the first year I went was actually 2003, so this might be my tenth Schwamigan. Uh, the first year I went, I remember driving up with my team manager, 
who's still my team manager today um, with RACC. And, you know, I told him I want to do a top three, and he's like, whoa, 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 this is Schwamagon. You know, I was coming from living in Arizona five years, and I was, he's like, you got to keep it in perspective. This is a big race. And I got third uh, the first time I did Schwamagon, so I was pretty excited. And then the next year, 2004, I won, um, and I've since won it three additional times. So, again, it's one of those races where it's a really big race, but because I've won it a couple times, maybe my motivation isn't quite as high as it was four and five and six years ago racing Shawamagon. But that being said, my experience at that race is is pretty good. I know what I need to do to win. Uh, last year I was very focused on cyclocross, so I didn't quite give 100% effort at Shawamagon. This year, I don't have that big cross goal, um, and I'm going to put forth a little more mental effort this weekend at Shawamadan for sure. And like you said, you know, even with uh, maybe not quite the motivation, people listening, you have to keep in mind that Brian's a pretty competitive guy. Like when he says, eh, no big deal, like, you know, for example, best best example you could come up with, like end of Transylvania Epic, stage seven, like you look at him, you look – look like he's going to throw up constantly, you know, during the, before the race. And then actually during the race, I'm like, you know, cause he was feeling terrible. So he's back where I'm riding. Right. So I'm like, Brian, you know, we're going up a climb and he's kind of riding up there. I'm like, how's it going? And he didn't even move his head. <laughs> Brian's head down. Like his face is like green, but he just keeps hammering yeah, away. We did quite a bit of that stage together. Um, yeah. yeah, that was right the night after, or the day after I got sick. I got sick after that sixth stage. and But, yeah, when you're top three in a big race like Transylvania Epic, you gotta you got to push yeah. on. So, yeah, yeah I'm, I'm pretty competitive. And there's, there's certain races where, you know, you can show up as a top-level athlete. You can show up and be physically fit and ready to go, but then there's certain races where you give that extra 1% of the mental effort, and those are the races where, you know, mentally you can peak for those races. Last year at Schwamagon, I didn't put forth that mental effort because I was saving it for cross season. This year, I think I'm going to put forth a little extra mental effort at Schwamagon, try not to make any mental mistakes physically. I think I'm capable of winning um, you know, in the in these triple crown races, they're so highly contested and so close, and they're such high speed races that you definitely have to have a little luck on your side, also. Yeah, what is that one percent mental effort? What does that mean? Does that mean taking a, you know, the a couple days beforehand and really like going through the plan several times? Or what does what does that extra mental effort mean? That yeah, Most that's it people. exactly. It's doing it's doing every single trick that you know that you know I've gained over the last 20 years so it's you know doing earlier today I had the the podium cold you know ice wraps around my legs so I'm icing my legs it's getting good sleep it's being in proper position in the race it's really making sure you stay hydrated well it's making sure you you eat throughout the race it's just giving that extra 1% whereas like at a wars race or the cyclocross race this past weekend, I don't put forth 110%. I only put forth 99%. You know, so gotcha. So you eliminate all you those extra. Put, you, you just eliminate all those extra. You know, like something to do around the house or like building a bike or messing around with a different bike. You kind of just eliminate all that stuff so you can have the week. Let's say the week to yeah. kind of focus. Exactly, exactly. You know, you do the mental visualization kind of stuff. And for wars, you know, maybe I don't drink that extra water bottle the night before the race, so maybe I get a little dehydrated and I'm not, you know, at 110%, but there's 12 races throughout the year, so you are you can, you know, you can afford to have one off day or two off days at a war series race. But Shawamagon, it's all... You know, it's one time per year, so you need to be really on your A game. Gotcha. Todd, do you have any other questions for Brian at the moment? 
Brian, thanks for uh thanks for interviewing with us today. <laughs> yeah, no this problem. Has been fun. This I'm has glad been a whole I got to give you a hard time about the car keys. <laughs> you know I'm sure I, it'll happen again. I, I do those things every now and then to give you guys, you know, some ammunition because right. it can it, it can get boring, you know, if if I don't right. if I don't give you something fun to talk about, so you yeah, know, exactly. You know, that's keeping that's it how much keeping I care. it real, keeping it live. That's how much I care, you know? Nice. So thanks for All the right, sacrifice. Cool. <laughs> All right, Brian, are you gonna be at the uh at the Cascade race or is that one you're planning on skipping? You know, right after Schwamagan I'm actually going to China for a cyclocross race. China. Um right. I will be re- yeah, going to China. So going for another oh. adventure, you know, stepping out of the box a little bit, doing something new. Um, so I will be back in Wisconsin at the time of that Cascade race, whether I participate or not is still up in the air, depending on how the, uh, recovery from China goes and adjusting in the jet lag and all that. Wow. Got it. How long are you going to be in China? Uh, like five days, I think. We fly out the Wednesday huh. after Schwamagon. We arrive in China Thursday, I think, let's see, what is it, 9 p.m. here, I think it's 10 a.m. in China, so they're 13 hours ahead of us, so exactly opposite sleeping schedules, just enough to get really wasted, (laughs) try to race on Saturday, and then fly back home on Sunday. Is there a group of you going? Um, The Chinese government, or like a cycling club in China, is putting on this first ever UCI cross race there. And um, they are paying your full trip to and from China, airfare, hotel, food, fully catered event if you, you know, go and support their race. So I'm going along with uh, my sister-in-law and uh, my wife Andrea is going to be our team mechanic slash team manager. So the three of us are heading over there. Um, and it's in a city just outside of Beijing, right near the Great Wall of China. So part wow. vacation, part bike race. Check it out, uh, a crazy part of the world I've never been to or never thought I'd be yeah. checking out. Well, congrats. That's pretty, yeah, pretty yeah, cool. Yeah, yeah, it should be fun. Even though, like you said, you're going to be sure. tired as hell. but. <laughs> oh, yeah, I'm going to be smashed, but whatever. Yeah. It's only one hour. Right, yeah, that, exactly. That's going to be... One of those races where I'm going to rely on that 98% of good fitness and and smarts and not put forth that extra 10%, you know, mental effort. I, I know I'm yeah. going to kind of be behind the ball on this one, but going for fun and to experience it. Well, cool. Well, I, I'm going to have to get you back on soon. We can talk about that, talk to Schwamm again, maybe a little Iceman preview if you're going to be racing. Are you going to be racing Iceman? Just assuming. Yep, I don't yep, know. I'll be okay. at Iceman okay. for sure. Cool. Yeah, I'd love to join you guys again. So, yeah, I, cool. I appreciate the opportunity. And um, anytime you want to talk, just let me know. Yeah, for sure. We'll do, Brian. And thanks for joining us. Thanks, Brian. Bye, right, guys. Good have a good night. Thanks. Yep, good luck. <laughs> Bye. Thank you. All right, Todd. Hey, I'm still here. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, there's just a, you know, with those two guys, I. I know it's a wars report with Todd. No, you know, you're no, the, I, I love having them on. They're cool guys. Yeah, and they just have, you know, it's a good perspective to get, you know, from the, from those top wars guys because it's not like every day that you know a lot of the, you know, comp and sport and citizen they get to kind of talk to those guys, you know. So it's right. it's good to get their perspective, and I, I'm really interested in the the kind of the push by a lot of people to kind of get in that fifty mile range because 100 milers it seems the participation's down a little bit um i think people are realizing that you're just trashing yourself for the whole weekend it takes a lot to train for 50s you know if it's three to five hours you can do that almost every weekend you can anybody can train for it um so i think there's you know we're going to see a lot more of that coming on so that's why i kind of bring that up even though it's not wars related but it kind of is so. It, it it kind of is. It's our it's our uh, top riders, you know. That yeah, and you. I mean, that's my. You know, like Brian, like both of them said, the wars is like, and you've said many times that the wars is like one of the top, 
you know, it's breeding all these guys to be the fastest in the country. Right. So, yeah. So is there anything else? I, we covered a ton of stuff, so I don't know if there's anything else uh, you had going on that you wanted to mention. I, you know, I think uh, I think we pretty well uh, covered a lot of stuff. I, I'm glad we were able to get Brian on because, um, like I said, his his interview was really about ten seconds long, so we we really uh, we really rushed that one. So um, so yeah, I'm glad that he was able to uh, recap a little bit about about the race. Um, yeah, we're just gonna hang in there until a couple of weeks out for the Cascade race, and hopefully that's a huge success with the uh, wind cycling um, push that we're trying to do to get that uh, interscholastic league going. Yeah, absolutely. And like I said, I'll link all the information on the show page. So, um, and that's it. So stay tuned. We'll uh, get the next show link out there when the time approaches. But you know, just assume that it's going to be that Tuesday night after the Cascade race, and then uh, we'll go from there. Yeah. Everyone. So everyone listening, thank you very much, Todd. Thank you very much. Thank you. And we'll talk to you all at the next Wars Report. Thanks for listening to another episode of Mountain Bike Radio. Be sure to head over to mountainbikeradio.com to find a full listing of all the shows, recent episodes, archives, and you can buy some swag. T-shirts, socks, stickers, and you can become a member in which you get deals on coaching, nutrition, products, and a whole bunch of other things. So be sure to head over to mountainbikeradio.com and you'll find all the info you need. Thank you.